to our daily devotional. Um, today we're going to talk about a gentleman named Francis Grimke. He was um, a major player, a major pastor, a very important pastor in the um, Presbyterian Church. And I'm bringing it home a little bit. Francis Grimke was um, born in Charleston, South Carolina. He was the son of a slave owner, a European-American slave owner named Henry Grimke, Grimke and um, his an enslaved woman who um, he treated, Nancy Weston, who he treated as as a wife. She lived in the house. Um, she was his official official domestic partner. He, she lived, they lived as husband and wife, and they ended up having three children, um, two sons and a daughter. Um, and so that's the, the milieu he grew up in. He was uh, born before the Civil War, um, but was a freed, a freed black man in the South during the Civil War. And so he um, went to the North for schooling after the Civil War ended um, to study at a place called Lincoln University in Pennsylvania, which was established for the education of black people after the Civil War. He um, was sponsored by a church committee. So um, in order to pay for the tuition at that school, he was um a church committee, somebody had to pay for it. So often churches would do that as a mission, essentially. They would they would sponsor a child, an adult, um, to go to university. And so that is where he got his degree. And after he um, graduated from Lincoln University, he went on to study at Princeton Theological Seminary, which is one of the major, um, still to this day, one of the major Presbyterian seminaries. He graduated from there and became a Presbyterian minister, and he served almost his entire career at 15th Street Presbyterian Church in Washington, D.C. What's so special about him is that he was one of the founders of um, what was called the Niagara Movement, which was the first group that um, worked on the civil rights movement, who advocated for civil rights. Um, and he also helped to found the NAACP, which became a major advocate, a major advocating force for African-Americans, especially in the South. Um, I want to share a picture maybe, hopefully. No, I can't. Okay. Um, I wanted to read you this quote, and this is what he said. The great function of the Christian church is to minister to the spiritual needs of men. It may have other functions, but this is its supreme function. Its paramount obligation lies here. It is the one force or institution in the world set up by God himself with a definite spiritual mission. That is to bring men back to God back to divine ideas and standards of living, and back to holiness and heart and life. Basically what he was saying is that if you preach the gospel, if you hear the gospel, if you're brought to repentance, if you learn about God's holiness and become one of God's people, then he believed that that was the primary resolution for the issues of race in the United States. He said, I place my hope not on government, but not on political parties, but on faith and the power of the religion of Jesus Christ to conquer all prejudice, to break down all walls of separation, and wield together men of all races in one great brotherhood. It's quite a challenge for us, even in the church today. Are we doing our part? Are we trusting enough in the gospel of Jesus Christ to break down walls, to overcome our biases and our prejudices, and to live into the vision of one table? One family sitting at the table of God.